We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ryan, we're not done yet. Ryan Roberts is going to join us. We are going to jump into a little bit of a Q&A now. We're going to try to do this more and more after shows uh, this spring and in the summer is where we kind of have our topic. And then we open up for, you know, 20, 30 minutes or so of Q&A. It just kind of answers some of your questions to get into the latest of kind of where things stand. So if you have some questions, bring them. Okay. And then we're going to kind of get started and we'll answer some of those questions and and, um, you share some of the comments that you have, like Kenny Moore. Says they have to be special next season. I think we're going to have to lean heavily on the running back and O-line early um, on as Tyler grows. I think for me, I don't think they're going to have to lean on it as much as maybe some people think. I I think this pass game is going to be a lot more dangerous than people think. I, I really do. And, and I don't think it's going to need to be like game seven for it to happen. I, I think this pass game, Ryan, is everybody's focusing on the numbers, lack of depth here, lack of experience there, but – you know, Tyler, Tyler Buckner has almost twice – actually, I think he had – If I, he might have had twice as many. I believe he had – he had almost five to, almost five or six times as many total yards last year as Bryce Young had as a freshman. And I believe Tyler Buckner had twice as many passing yards. Yes, he had 298 passing yards last year as a true freshman. Bryce Young is a true freshman – he passed for, I think it was like 130, 156. So almost twice as many passing yards. Mm-hmm. And now, look, Tyler Buckner is not Bryce Young. They're different players. But we're also not saying that that Tyler Buckner needs to go out and throw for 4,800 yards this year to be effective, right? It's a different offense, a different player. I don't think Tyler's going to have the – I don't think he's going to be like terrible in the early season and they're going to look like the 2017 offense early on. I don't think it's going to be that case. Yes, Tyler's going to need to get better, and they're going to need to lean heavily on the running backs and, and O-line just because they're really good. But the talent that returns, Ryan, is a lot better, I think, than maybe some people are giving credit for, mainly at receiver. I think that's where there's a big disconnect for me and how I think a, a chunk of the fan base sees this football team. Yeah, and I understand why Kenny feels this way, right? Because yeah. obviously there is an assumption that – the offense line is going to improve, which you have to think it will mm-hmm. under Coach Easton. Obviously, the running backs, there's a lot of talent in that group. And I think that obviously 
also Tyler Buckner's ability as a runner is going to help that rushing attack too, right? Because he's going to be able to, to have some lighter boxes because people are going to have to account for him off of the read game. So I understand why we would be under the assumption that the running game, the running backs and the offensive line would have to be very good and they have the chance to be very good. But I also agree with you that, I mean, Lorenzo Styles is a dude, in my opinion, there's guys, Deion Colsey, and there's the, the veterans coming back. Avery Davis, hopefully is healthy. <clears throat> Excuse me, Joe Wilkins Jr. Hopefully, you know, those guys, Brayden Lindsay, like hopefully those guys give, Notre Dame a good boost, and I think that Tyler Buckner, I mean, he wasn't just a highly recruited player just because he's a runner, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there is a lot of talent from a passing perspective as well, and I think that the ability that they'll have from an offensive line perspective being better and the running game that they'll have will actually help open up a lot of things in the passing game, and I think Tyler will, again, like you said, be a lot more productive earlier um, than people might anticipate going into next year. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's a question is from Laker Irish. Is Jabron Payne a potential addition to the 2022 class? Right now, obviously, Jabron Payne is a running back from Ohio that signed with Indiana, where Dylan McCullough was the running back's coach. He has recently got out of his NIL. All I can say about that one right now is I do expect Notre Dame to do its due diligence to find out what's the latest with Jabron Payne. Beyond that, I don't think there's a whole lot that we're going to see because um, right now. So I think they'll kick the tires. I think – after that, it just depends on what's the transcript look like? What's the knee look like? He battled some knee injuries in his career. So I definitely think they'll kick the tires because obviously Dylan McCullough liked him enough to bring him to Indiana. But that doesn't mean he ne- they necessarily view him as a Notre Dame guy. I actually like Jabron Payne. And if I thought he was healthy, I'd look at him partly because, as you and I have talked privately, Ryan, I don't love the quarterback class in 2023. And I feel like a guy like Jabron Payne, who comes in as a freshman, you put some distance between – your second back mm-hmm. and the 2024 class. And then right. you get Jabron Payne, you've got Cedric Irvin. And if you can get a Jeremiah Love at some point, then that's fine. You'll go get him. But mm-hmm. um, because he's, he does to me bring a little bit of versatility. But 
I would at least look at them. In in my opinion, I think that Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame will. Obviously, the situation would you know screams that Notre Dame would at least, like you said, at least take a look, right? Because he obviously has the mm-hmm. deep relationship with Coach McCullough. Uh, that obviously probably had a big impact on him getting it out of his out of his national letter of intent. You would think, in theory, right? So, a uh, four star kid, pretty much across the board, I believe. I think he may have been a consensus four star coming out of Ohio. Mm-hmm. So he's a very highly recruited type of player as well. So it's not like you're just taking a player because Dylan McCullough has a relationship with him. He was also a, a heavily recruited player, also. Right. So if if the stars align, I think that. There's maybe an opportunity, but it, I mean, just with the timing of everything, it just happens. You know, was it yesterday or the day before? Mm-hmm. We just don't know right now, right? Like, well, obviously, we'll keep it monitored. If you're on the message board, you'll know as soon as we have some intel on there. So, if you're not mm-hmm. on the message board, you should go take a look at the message board and sign up and, for the message. And board. that's a great time. That's a great timing for that because we have this question from uh, uh, Joseph DeBrzezinski. Uh, my best shot at that. Uh, though Brzezinski and he says great show as always yesterday Tom Loy was tweeting about a prospect visiting Notre Dame after visiting another Midwestern team any idea who it was yeah look this is another reason you need to be on the message board because actually Ryan had that information before anybody else several hours before anybody else he was referring to Ronan Hannafin yep. uh, the the athlete from Massachusetts who was on campus after visiting Wisconsin so again Joseph just another reason to sign up for the message boards is boards.irishbreakdown.com had a huge intel piece we dropped today, but you know we had that a few days ago. We were the first to drop that Cardinal Tate had set up an official, not an official visit, had set up uh, officially set up a visit. I guess was what I was trying to say. Yeah, to visit Notre Dame in March. So we had that. So look, if you you know if you want to see that stuff, and we don't tweet a ton about the premium content. You know when there's like a big thing, we'll we'll tweet about it. But you know look, that's just why. You, pardon me, you need to be on the board because, I mean, we put that stuff out as we get it. And, of course, today there was a, a, a ton of great content, but that's a perfect segue perfect segue into that. But uh, thank you for that question, Joseph, and hopefully that clears it up. But, again, you'd have known that two days ago if you were on the message board because Ryan had that, who's doing a great job. Will Chisanek, I know Marcus Freeman has ramped up recruiting efforts. Will he work to beef up the Notre Dame recruiting staff? I've heard we have smaller staff going to high school games compared to others. Does that change? Like, I, I don't really care as much about, like, going to high school. I think it, it, it amazes me some of the things that kind of people kind of hone in on and, like, make a big deal of. I do think Notre Dame needs a bigger recruiting staff. That is something that Marcus Freeman fought for to even come to be the D coordinator. He's not coming, in my opinion, without Chad Bowden. And the reason I say that is because if they weren't willing to bring in Chad Bowden as the director of recruiting on defense, who's now the director of recruiting for the whole thing, I think it would have been a sign to Marcus Freeman that Notre Dame's not serious about taking the next step. And so, yes, I do expect them to expand the recruiting staff. They've already started to expand the recruiting staff, but that's going to take time. It's not just where you go out and hire 20 people in year one. It's going to take time. Okay, so, um, you know, I don't think Notre Dame is missing out on kids. I mean, look, they have the number one recruiting class in the country right now, and that was with the recruiting staff that they have in place. And at times getting kids when they didn't even have a full staff in place. Florida Irish, what's the latest with Jalen Brown? Has he dropped down our list, or did we drop down his list? Seems to have fallen off one way or the other. A little bit of both, Ryan. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I I would say if I was a betting man, and I'm not, but if I was, I would say Jalen is – Careful, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, right. I would say that Jalen most likely is going to stay in the state of Florida, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. to play his college football. And I think that there was definitely – 
interest on both sides, mm-hmm. but I think that since since that that has kind of become to the forefront, Notre Dame has kind of placed its priorities in different pl- spots on the wide receiver board for 2023. So there was definitely interest at one point, at least there was intrigue. I think I would call it is intrigue is probably the best mm-hmm. word for it. But I just think that Jalen is, I, I imagine Jalen ends up play, playing his college football down there in Florida. Uh, he was very open to leaving the state early. I think I think the the staying down in Florida thing has more to do with because I agree with what Ryan is saying. Miami has done a really good job putting together a strong recruiting staff. Mario Cristobal has made some very good hires, and they've made Jalen Brown a huge priority. It's amazing how poorly the last couple of coaching staffs have done at the local kids, and they have made Jalen a huge priority. Because here's the thing that Miami that makes Miami unique with Jalen Brown. Jalen is a great student. His dad is in the medical field. He is big time in academics. This staff has actually started to sell. Like, dude, you know that Miami's a phenomenal school, right? Like, you know, so he's actually, Mario Cristobal and his staff are actually selling the fact that, like, hey, you want to go academics. You don't got to go to Ohio State or Notre Dame, the two schools that Jalen was looking at. You can stay right here. And it's it's an interesting way of kind of branding that that I think is going to work for them with kids like Jalen Brown to keep them from leaving the state. So he's a lot more open to staying in state. And I think floor, I think Miami would be the school that would could keep him in state, in my opinion. So I think a lot of it has to do with Notre Dame likes a couple guys a lot. Rodney Gallagher being one. They love Rodney Gallagher. They love Cardinal Tate. Now they liked Jalen Brown a lot. And I like Jalen Brown more than Notre Dame did. I don't necessarily agree with their assessment of him. But a big part of this, too, is the fact that Miami has upped their game when it's going to make it even harder to get them out. So it's like, is it worth investing the time we think we might need to get them when we can invest that on guys we have a better shot with, like Rodney Gallagher, Cardinal Tate, Braylon James, Jaden Greathouse, who they have just as much of, who they view as very similar on the same level as players. And I think sometimes that's one of the, that's the one that's, that's sometimes that's the decision you have to make, Ryan. Is hey, we got two great players. We got a better shot at this guy than that guy. We're going to invest our time on the guy we think we have the better shot with. Yeah. And I know we always talk about wide receiver recruiting a lot, right? Because it's obviously a big cycle for it. And that's what fans want to know about. And I clearly understand why the intrigue is there because there's just, there's obviously no commits right now on the wide receiver board for 2023. But I want to, I do want to just, I mean, one for Jalen for a second. Incredible player, incredible speed. You would have mm-hmm. loved to have him, right? Like oh, obviously yeah. that dynamic elements. But I mean, that board that's still looking pretty good. They're in a good mm-hmm. position early. Uh, well, not early. They're in good position currently with Carnell Tate out of IMG. Like you said, they're in good position for Braylon James out of Del Val there in Texas. They're moving the needle now with Rodney Gallagher after basketball season. They're trending in a good direction there. They're trying. They're trending or at least trying to close the gap with a guy like a Jaden Greathouse who they were late on the, on the, on the trail with, I mean, to be frank, like they only interviewed, uh, they only, um, they only um, sent an offer to him back in January. So it's not like they've been heavily involved in with Jaden Greathouse a long time, at least as a official offer. So the board looks really good, man. And it's, you know, obviously again, I would have, I would have loved for Notre Dame to, take a big push at a guy like a Jalen Brown because I think he brings yeah. a dynamic element, but the wide receiver board is very impressive yes. with or without him. And part of the intel, we had a little intel about the job Chancey Stuckey's doing, so it's just another reason you need to check out that intel piece that we put out today. Uh, Ryan, I and I know just kind of just give a little bit of a taste, but 
it is it has really been noticeable how much receivers talk about Chancey Stuckey. And as I believe, as you've told me, and I know Sean has said the same thing to me, often without being prompted to talk about Chancey Stuckey. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and you would expect it from the guys that he has had been recruiting at Baylor, like the great house of the world, like, like Braylon James out of Del Val, who are both Texas kids, but no matter who you talk to from the Rodney Gallagher's to, I know Sean's talked to Carnell Tate a, a few times, like no matter who you're talking to, that's on the Notre Dame wide receiver board. And it really is unprompted. I don't know. I don't think I have in any wide receiver that I've talked to for 2023. I don't think that I've ever once said, like, how is the relationship going with with Chancey Stuckey? I'm just saying, how's the conversations going with Notre Dame? And they say, oh, Coach Stuckey's awesome. Like That's like what the first thing's out of their mouth. So I think that he has proven so far that he can get those conversations strong and that he can present himself in a great manner. Now, obviously, he needs to close on some of these guys to really take that next step and to ease the uneasiness right. of the fact that he's not been a position coach for a long time and he's not right. done a ton of recruiting on the college level. But the early signs point that this may have been a home run hire from the recruiting side of things, if nothing else. Certainly a great start. Certainly a great start. Jake Brown asked, and I'm going to kind of alter this a little bit. He had made some corrections. But do you think Notre Dame will utilize more, I believe you meant like 11, 12, 21 personnel with these great backs? I think 21 and 20 personnel is something we're going to see more of this year. Uh, I think last year they tried to go to it, but they couldn't protect the quarterback. And so they went with some more true spread stuff. And the other problem was Chris Tyree got hurt in the middle of the season. And so we didn't see as much of it. I think we'll see more 21 and 20 personnel this year. 20, 21 means two backs. 21 means two backs, one tight end. 20 means two, two backs, zero tight ends. I think 2020 personnel is a way that you can give Michael Mayer a breather without necessarily having to bring in a second tight end. Especially if you're if your tight end, your tight ends behind Michael Mayer don't play to the level that we've seen in recent years. That's certainly something you can do to make sure that you're not wearing Michael Mayer out too much. But also the interesting thing is even when Michael Mayer's in the game in 21 personnel, the way you can use him, it's almost as if you're in 20 personnel. It's not a traditional 21 personnel like back in the day where you got your two backs and then you're, you know, well, 20 years ago, 21 personnel was a tight end, a fullback, and a tailback. Mm -hmm. Right now it's transitioned to more of a, you know, two true backs for Notre Dame. So you can detach Michael Mayer, you can put him in a slot, you can put him in a W, you can even do him, put him in X in some certain looks. Throw him some quick game, throw him working on some underneath stuff, and then of course use him as a lead blocker on perimeter runs and perimeters, you know, throws. So I do think we'll see more of that, especially in the spring, because the numbers at running back are great. I mean, you have as many scholarship. If Sebo Flemister, if Sebo Flemister is on the roster this spring, you'll have as many healthy running backs as you will receivers on scholarship. Yeah. And you'll have more healthy running backs than already, even without Sebo, then you'll have healthy tight ends. So it would make sense to work on those packages during the spring and then get those set. So then when you get to the fall, you can work more on your, you know, your 12 and your 20, your, your 11 and those different types of things. So it would make a lot of sense. And my guy, 99 problems, I guess it may not be a guy, but 99 problems, the BK ain't one love the name. I asked who it was before. And he said, follow up from yesterday's show. I've been a longtime listener of the show and reader of the website. Thank you very much for both of those. And only recently and occasionally ask questions. Great stuff though. Love the show. So, I mean, if you're going to start asking questions, you you, you got to come correct with the name. And 99 Problems of BK ain't one is just a, a savage way to come at us with questions. So thank you for that. I still love it. I'm still fired up about that. 
and I appreciate you explaining. And one of the questions Truman DeMel asked earlier, and we said we'd get to it, is how will Audric estimate benefit from Deagle McCullough? P.S. I think he's benefited already. Ryan, for me, I think the biggest way that he can benefit is I think he is a traditional back, and Deagle yeah. McCullough is a traditional running back's coach. You're not going to be lining Audric Estime in the slot and doing some of those things. He's a traditional runner. And the other aspect of it, I think the biggest thing, though, is just when you bring in a new coach it's and, and you've lost your starter, it's okay, guys, clean slates for everybody. Right. I think that is the biggest way that you know is going to benefit from Deal McCullough is if you prove to be the best guy, you don't have to prove and then go beyond like you do when you've got a returning coach who's already established his pecking order. I think, Ryan, that more than anything is the, the best way that Dylan McCullough is going to help Audric Estime, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, we always see a big jump from freshman to sophomore year, typically anyway, right? So having a coach of Coach McCullough's standard who has been at it for a long time and has had a lot of success. And the one cool thing about him is that you have seen him develop very different style runners during his mm -hmm. career, right? Because I think of like Divine Reddick, who was like a smaller, shiftier type of back. You had Ronald Jones, who was more one cut and home run style. Chris Tyree? He, Chris Tyree is now in that mold, absolutely. And then you got Stephen Houston when he worked with in Indiana, Jordan Howard, who kind of their bigger backs. So I think he has shown during his career that he can develop all different types of styles. And I think mm -hmm. that that will serve the whole running back room in general, but I think yeah. estimate specifically just having a guy that has been there, done that, and just has shown that he can do things with guys like Jordan Howard and Steven Houston, the bigger backs, right. more physically imposing guys. I think that that just will, I, I think it's going to, I mean, we're going to see a big sophomore jump, I think for sure. both him and Diggs. you know, in theory. Yeah. So I'd say the two best backs is just production standpoint that, that uh, coach McCullough produced. Would you, I would say it's Ronald Jones and Tevin Coleman. Sure. They could not be different players. They could not be more different as players. I mean, mm -hmm. very different players, and they were both yep. great under him. So, yes, I think Absolutely. that is something that's going to benefit all those guys. And to our discussion from before is why I think I'm more confident that they're actually going to have a legitimate running back rotation done the right way, which means using each guy's strengths when he's in the game, than what we've seen in the past where you had one offense and then your backups were kind of used to give breathers. I mean – because I've had people say, well, you know, look at 2015. They used Josh Adams and CJ Process. They didn't start using Josh Adams until CJ Proseis got hurt. Proseis got hurt. I mean, he came in against USC that year and ran for 26 yards. We didn't see him again. One yep. carry for 26 yards. We didn't see him again. You know, he had a 100 yard game against UMass. That was after, you know, CJ had been pulled because they were blowing UMass out. I mean, they hardly used him. Other than the opener against Texas when he had five carries and two touchdowns, we hardly saw CJ the rest of the year until. See, I mean, Josh until the end of the year when CJ got hurt. So, yes, they need to do a better job of of using a complementary backfield. And I think Coach McCullough's, to Ryan's point, Coach McCullough's experience with different types of backs and getting great production from all of them should help them be able to, to, to build that. Mm -hmm. Dan Clement, do you think Tyree has a shot at being a dominant dual threat with an elite offensive O-line? I can see him invited to New York late in the season. Now, I'm not going there. Right. I'm not I'm not going there because that's a that's a huge leap. Yeah. I also don't know even if he was that good, if he's gonna necessarily touch the ball enough to be there. Sure. But what I can tell you is this do I think he can be a du dominant dual threat player? Yes. I mean, we kind of saw that in the bowl game. Not often does a running back have six carries for 18 yards, and you're like that dude was a game changer. 
right? Because he had six catches for 100 yards, right? I mean, that's that's the thing is you you ball him up in one area, he can still make a he can still hurt you in others. And and with a better O line, I think he's going to be able to do both. And he's going to be able to do with ten touches what most backs need twenty to do. I mean that that's the thing about Chris Tyree that I think can can be special. But he's got a lot to prove too. This isn't just about oh he didn't play last year because the coaches didn't give him a chance. It was it was partly that out of necessity as we discussed. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, but he's got to continue to evolve and, and and build develop his game as well. But yes, I think he can be a dominant dual threat player. I'll say this. The one prediction I'm going to make is as long as he stays healthy, by the end of the year, people are going to look at Chris Tyree as one of the five most explosive backs in the country. That's oh, Now, again, that doesn't sure. necessarily have to mean like 2,000 yards of offense, but I think they're going to look and say, when that guy touches the ball, he scares you as much as anybody else because he just needs that, that much of a step, and he's gone. I mean, and why do the questions come up about them using 20 and 21 personnel? It's because of the things that Chris Tyree can do, right? Like he can mm-hmm. work with Logan Diggs and Audric Estime because he can be used in the passing game. He can mm-hmm. split out wide in the slot. He can be used as an outside runner. Like there is so much that he can bring to the offense. And frankly, they need it because, I mean, has Notre Dame ever had a running back this fast in their history of their program? Like I, I can't think Ooh. of one that's like a four, three, two forty type of kid. Like that is I mean, insane. there were times they lined rocket up at running back. That's the closest we're going to get to it. I think, you know, cause I don't think Ricky waters had that kind of speed. I mean, Ricky was an explosive no, guy, yeah. but I don't think Ricky had that kind of speed. Sure. Uh, Julius Jones was Julius Jones was probably the closest pre prior to him kind of physically blowing up. Yeah, and I think he lost a little bit when he kind of got big, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But that would be probably the uh, oh, you know who would have been that guy? That? If if without the injury, Armando Allen would have been that guy without the injury. Oh, uh, that like talk, Armando Allen. You know, like, like you're Armando talking about a guy Allen. that that prior to his just devastating leg injury, and because it wasn't a torn knee, it's like he broke his leg. Yeah, he won the his whatever division he's in. He won the hundred meter state championship as I think sophomore junior mm-hmm. in Florida, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but he just was never the same back after the injury, but he's the one guy that have been like that guy would have been loved to have seen that guy. But here's the thing. I think Chris is a more natural runner than what Armando was. Armando was an explosive athlete. He wasn't necessarily a natural runner. Mm-hmm. I think Chris is a more natural football player than he's often given credit for. That's the thing that I think makes him a bit unique. David Solomon, if Harry Heastan is as formidable, I like that, the, the usage of that, as he was his first go-around, I think we could have 10 offensive linemen ready to start the season capable of making real contributions. Normally I'd say that's no way, but, I mean, you got to think about this. They've got eight linemen coming back that have started at least two games in their college careers. Yeah. I mean, those guys are going to not be super hard to get ready to contribute. Then, then you look at, okay, so then after that, it's what? It's getting – Rocco Spindler and one other guy ready to play. I don't awesome. I don't think yeah. that should be that hard. I I David, I think your point it's the combination of he stand plus the talent that returns. It's not like he's taking a bunch of stiffs and turning them into 10 guys ready to play. David's not saying that. He's inheriting a a, a talented group of players and through injuries and other things a, a lot of guys that have been forced onto the field. So he's also has an experienced group of guys. So yeah, I, David, I, I mean, I don't know if they're going to have 10 guys in the rotation. It's more like eight is usually kind of the sweet spot, like a center, a guard and a tackle. 
But yeah, I, I could see that. I could see them having a solid two deep of players that are ready to go. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep my own like a Caleb Johnson this spring is a guy that, you know, maybe can emerge as a tackle. Obviously, you have the starters, the projected starters, which is Alt, Fisher, Patterson, um, Kristoffic uh, uh, and Lug. Then behind that, Tosh Baker's got multiple starts. Michael Carmody has multiple starts. Zeke Carell has multiple starts. And then, you know, after that, like I said, you've got Rocco Spindler. You've got Billy Shrouth as a true freshman. You've got Joey Tanona as a true freshman. Both of them are early enrollees. That gives them a head start. You've got Caleb Johnson, a guy that I'm looking at. You've got Pat Coogan coming back. And now Pat Coogan should get more snaps this spring, too, because Jared Patterson's going to be out. So right. I could see it. I could see it. My first thought when I read the question was like, no, no. <laughs> but then you start thinking about it. You're like, yeah, you know what? That's, that's actually doable. It's actually doable. Yeah. John Rich with a question. Do you think that the Irish have the potential for greater improvement from game one to 12 in 2022 than 21? How about other teams from the past five years? Oh, that is a good question. I would probably say yes for two reasons. This is going to be the toughest game one they've had in a long time. It's true. So you're not going to play probably as well as you would have if you were playing Bowling Green, right, where it just comes a little bit easier for you. I think, too, because of the the fact that there's been so much coaching turnover, I think is also why you're going to see more growth from game one to game 12 more than normal, Ryan. I think the way the schedule set up is really developed for growth. You have Ohio State, then you've got Marshall and Cal. You've got North Carolina, then a bye. You know, you've got uh, you've got a, some really tough games in in October, November, but then you've got like Syracuse and and UNLV in back to back games. So I think the way that the schedule set up, you know, puts Notre Dame in position, in my view, to to see growth, and so you don't have like the really daunting back to back games. I think the toughest stretch of back to back games is probably North Carolina and BYU, but you have a bye in between. And then BC and USC, but that's at the end of the year. You know, so like after they play Clemson, they play Navy and then BC. But then before Clemson, you know, so you've got BYU and Stanford in back-to-back games, which could be tough, but I don't think much of Stanford right now. But let's say Stanford is as good as normal. After that, you've got UNLV and Syracuse. So you have those bounce-back opportunity games after some tough contests, which I think is another key ingredient to – making that growth. But I, I think the closest we saw is I thought the 2017 team from week one to week eight made huge strides, especially offensively. I mean, by, by the second half of the BC game on through Wake Forest was still, to me, the best stretch of offensive football we've seen in their name since Brady Quinn was a quarterback in 2005. I mean, no one could stop that offense. No one. If they would have played Bama, Ohio, I don't care who they would have played during that stretch, I think they'd have beat all of them. I mean, they were so dynamic before injuries started to set in and some other factors set in. So I I would agree. Ryan, what do you what are your thoughts on that? Because you I saw you kind of trying to think through like, oh, you know, I'm yeah, not sure about this one. Well, I mean, I thought they had a lot of growth last year. I mean, just from like a I mean from the offensive line perspective, and I know there's some context that, you know, the the level of comp that they're playing down the stretch to a degree defensively, but there were still dramatic improvements. I think that there is a chance in 2022 though, because I do think that it's a, I mean, it's still a younger team, right? Well, not, 
let me rephrase that. There is some a lot of youth in very important spots. We're talking about a quarterback that's a sophomore. Talk about two offensive tackles that are in theory that are sophomores. Talk about a running back that may be a big contributor that's a sophomore outside of Chris Tyree. Lorenzo Styles may be the top mm-hmm. receiver on the team potentially as a sophomore. So I think there's a lot of youth, especially on the offensive side of the football, which. That tells me, you know, early on, especially with guys settling into at first year starters for as a Tyler Buckner specifically thinking about it, right? You're going to see some, you know, there's going to be some growing pains early on in the season. And then I think towards the middle to end of the season, that's where you're going to see like them really start to hit stride. And that's where the momentum really starts to build. So I think this team has a chance to really have a lot of growth because I just think that there's going to be a lot of younger players who have played but guys that have not been thrust into the star role mm-hmm. that are going to have to be a part of that spot. With new coaches. Exactly. I mean, that's that's the thing, yes. And I think the reason I would say the last time we saw that great growth was 2017 for similar reasons. You had brand new offense, brand new defense, you know, so I think that factors into it as well. Very good question. Very good question. Mm-hmm. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Corey D, the, this up this huge uptick in recruiting under Freeman has to be concerning for a lot of other major programs. Is this true, Brian? I have been saying for years that. Notre Dame, especially in the last seven, eight years, and it's not because of Brian Kelly, it's because of Jack Swarbrick. The the upgrades that Notre Dame has made campus wide, facilities wide, has eliminated so much of what people used to be able to use against Notre Dame in recruiting. And and you're seeing Notre Dame become a modern program where you can go there and have fun attending a game where in the past it was like, okay, what do you do between series? Like there's no scoreboard. There's, you know, it's just it's a it's become a different place. And I think that has scared some people. And and I said this before. I said this a year ago. I believe I said it on the show. I said, because we were talking about Marcus Freeman. I said, I, I know people at the Division One level, coaches at big-time programs, including programs that have won championships in the last less, less than the last decade. 
who have said the biggest fear that pe people in our profession have, not biggest fear, he was being a bit hyperbolic about the biggest fear. He's like, people are concerned that if Brian Kelly leaves in the, ne in the next year or two, that Marcus is going to take over. That was their fear. Because they knew, like I remember talking to a coach at a big-time Midwestern school, and he said, man, we don't ever talk about Notre Dame in our recruiting meetings. It's like, why is that? He goes, because they won't recruit. The Once we get involved with a kid, they stop recruiting him. I mean, where Marcus Freeman's like, bump that, right? That's exactly why we're going to recruit that kid, right? Uh -huh. And and so it's like that was the mantra. This whole shopping down a different aisle, rest of the country love that stuff because they're like, good, let them go beat Duke for kids. Let them go beat Stanford for kids. Let them go beat UCLA for kids, right? Because they knew that if Notre Dame ever truly, because of the upgrades and, the, and they pay coaches so much more now and there's just so much stuff, if Notre Dame ever has a coach that that – and he puts together a staff that's going to grind, that's going to be concerning. Because we've seen it in the past, right? Look what Charlie did as a recruiter on offense. And we've seen in the past. If Charlie would have had a Marcus Freeman as his defensive coordinator, he might have been a coach a little bit longer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, I think it's huge. And I think it has – and that's why we're – I mean, Ryan, you, you, you know this – we're mm -hmm. seeing a lot of negative recruiting against Notre Dame, more than I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. And from programs that never had to negatively recruit against Notre Dame because they never hardly ever win against Notre Dame. We're seeing a lot more negative recruiting, and it's exactly that reason right there, Corey, because there's some people that are like, we can't allow Marcus Freeman to go out and sign a number one ranked recruiting class. Can't. We can't let Marcus Freeman come down to Florida and get a five-star DM. We can't. Can't let it happen. We can't let him come down to Texas and get top 100 receivers. We can't. Because once that floodgates, once those floodgates open, we're not going to be able to turn it off. You know, it's just, they know that. And that, because they, it's been done before. It's what happened with Lou Holtz. When they won that title in 88 and he had Vinny Serrato and even before Barry Alvarez left, because Barry was a phenomenal recruiter as well, just wasn't there very long. I mean, Notre Dame could go anywhere and get anybody. And, I think that can be true now. And we're already seeing it, right? We're already seeing it. I mean, if you look at the the Intel feature we have today, we actually made a prediction of the four kids that we're most confident are going to pick Notre Dame. All four top 100 recruits, three of them are five stars. Mm -hmm. And that was me and Ryan talking about, let's make sure, because there was a couple guys he wanted to put on the list, a couple guys I want to put on the list, but we weren't, we weren't quite as confident. We didn't put them on the list. We tried to say, we're very confident in where this stands with these four guys. We we'd be surprised if Notre Dame doesn't get these four guys, right? And and, and only and only two of those kids. And I'm not going to say the names because you know it's it's obviously for for the message board. But I mean, two kids are Midwestern kids, and then we're mm -hmm. talking about a Texas kid, and we're talking about a kid that's playing football down in Florida, right? right. So just to kind of illustrate what Brian's saying, and this is so, so refreshing because, I mean, Notre Dame should be able to recruit nationally just in general, and they have, obviously, during the, the history. But, I mean, they are touching Texas right now more than I can ever remember yeah. them touching Texas, at least in the last, like, 10 years or so. And we're so. going to have an they article about that published in about an hour, by the way, that yeah. Ryan wrote about this subject. Yep, yeah. So they're touching Texas. They're getting down in Florida. The states that you think of when you think, who develops the talents? That's where they're touching because they can, and they're not afraid to compete, which is the biggest mm -hmm. part of this conversation for me. And it's not just Marcus Freeman. And that's the thing that's so important. It's Chad Bowden. It's 
It's Al Washington. It's Chancey Stuckey. It's Harry Heastan. It's Tommy Reese. It's Dylan McCullough. A bunch of dudes that are just like, man, I'm, I'm not afraid. Like, hey, th- we're Notre Dame. And that's the thing is like the previous staff looked at it like the whole shopping down different aisle. Hey, you know, that's not really our kind of guy. We can't get this. Notre Dame's like, hey, maybe we can't get him into school, but we're going to do our best to try. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I mean, that's, it's such, it's a, re- like you said, it's a refreshing thing. It's like, hey, if Bama's recruiting a kid, that's not reason for us to say, oh, well, guess we're going to check out. No, that's exactly why we should be going after that kid. Because the only way we're going to beat Bama on the field is to start beating Bama on a recruiting trail. Right. That, that's that's the fact. You want to start beating Clemson and Ohio State on the, on, the, on the field, then you have to start taking some kids from them. That's just, mm-hmm. that's just how it is. And just because a player can play at Alabama doesn't mean they can't play at Notre Dame. Exactly. Right? Like, or I think doesn't just... want to. Exactly. Right. And exactly. I think there's a mis- there's a misconception that everybody that goes to Alabama is just there for a free ride and they're right. s- and they're not smart kids. Don't care about going just- to class. Exactly. Yeah. Listen to Evan Neal talk for two minutes, and you're like, dude, that's a pretty smart kid. Like that sounds like a kid you'd expect to see at Notre Dame, you know? But he felt he could get developed at Alabama better than he could get developed at Notre Dame. That's just you know that's just the reality of it. And he was correct because <laughs> he's yeah. going to be a, a top five NFL draft pick most likely. Uh, Michael Parks says, I wanted Xavier Watts to try receiver again, but it looks like he's going to stay at safety. For now, yes, I believe that's the the, the direction they're going. And thank you for that question, Michael. Uh, Big Jim mentioned Reggie Brooks ran a 10-3 in high school. That's a Reggie was an explosive runner. I forgot. I always forget about Reggie. He's going to smack me in the face next time he see, I see him. I swear he's going to. Because this is like the third time now I've thought about like big backs and I forget that. I mean, he's been on our show before. I love Reggie. Uh, great guy, but it's just like I keep forgetting him. So I, I have a feeling if you next time you I, you see me, if I got like a big handprint on my face or a black guy, it might be from Reggie because I keep forgetting to bring him up whenever we talk about great backs and explosive backs. So Big Jim, thank you for saving me in this particular instance. But yes, Reggie Brooks, I mean, he averaged what eight yards a carry in 90, 92. It's absurd. Yeah. <laughs> you know what and I mean? 10, so, 10 three is flying. Yeah, that's moving. Man. That is a crazy time, especially you know? for such a short guy. Yeah, yeah, it does have stride length. Yeah, yes, Mm -hmm. that is a phenomenal time. Phenomenal time. That was back when Notre Dame could go anywhere and get anybody because where was he from? Tulsa. He went to Booker T. Washington and Tulsa. So, yes, that is he is one of the byproducts of that era where Notre Dame did not care who you were or who your home state school was. We're Notre Dame, and this is our state now. (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? So, Missed those days. Last one here from Freddie C03. Any updates on Rodney Gallagher getting on campus this spring? Pennsylvania State Basketball Championship ends 325. Actually, they won the state championship. Yeah. Uh, is there more to it? Is there I more? So. I like that's a state championship game. Yeah. Uh, would be huge to get him for the Blue Gold game. I'm a Laurel Highlands alum. The kid is a baller. Uh, I know one thing for sure, Ryan. That last yeah. sentence is true. <laughs> he certainly is, man. And he's a priority for everybody that doesn't follow along. He's a priority for Notre Dame, um, to say the least. Great basketball player. Also had several several offers just to play basketball if he chose that route in college. But he is obviously a four-star, top 100 caliber wide receiver. Plays dual third quarterback for his high school. As far as any update, Freddie, uh, nothing yet, but it will be updated hopefully here soon. Last time I talked to Rodney, which was either Friday or over the weekend, he was still trying to finalize his visit schedule because, like you said, he had just finished up basketball season, so he was waiting for that to be completely done before he starts figuring out what the travel schedule looks like. So there should be an update there soon, but um, I think those visits are just kind of still getting hammered out right now. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's a great way to end it because again, it's another indicative uh, indication of you can go anywhere and have a shot to get any kid. Now it's about close, but it, the key at the end of the day, it's about closing because right now Notre Dame has the number one class in the country, and I don't think it's close. But if they have the same class now in December, they're not going to have the number one class. Right. They're going to add guys to it, right? And you got to close. Uh, but we talk about that in our in our update. So, yeah, you're going to definitely want to sign up for that. You can go to boards.irishbreakdown.com, sign up for a membership. It's $4.99 for a month. It's also $49.99 for a year. It's well worth it. You get 10% off uh, of your next merch store purchase. If you sign up for monthly, you get 20% off if you sign up for uh, an annual membership. And as Mace AK always says, join the message board. And you know, like I said, we're always going to give scoop and updates. But here's the nice thing about it is we're building a community. We talk ball nonstop. And the only time we stop talking balls when you all stop coming to the to the to the channel and and talk about it. So just a lot going on, and of course we're going to keep you as updated as we can uh, with kind of what's going on with the team. So I've already seen during our show we've already had about five or six people sign up, uh, about four or five people sign up. Uh, have more. You can find the link down there. There's also a link in the description box below if you are listening uh, on YouTube. You can see that link if you are listening via podcast. It's just boards.irishbreakdown.com. And there's also a link at the top of my Twitter page at CoachD178. You can also have a link to our message board there. So, again, $4.99 a month. It's a great deal, $49.99 a year. And if you also are someone who wants to support our channel, we also have ways that you can sign up for our uh, sort of our booster club. You can join the the, the Shamrock, the Blue, or the Gold Club, uh, which is a way that you can help us out a lot. So before you leave, remember, folks, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. Come join the message boards, buy Bill Bars, check out our merch store, all types of great stuff going on. Uh, but big thing, the big thing is all of it makes you a part of the Irish Breakdown community. At the end of the day, that's what we love the most. So for Ryan and Vince, I'm Brian. Everybody have a great rest of your day. We will not have a show tonight, a film room show tonight, because I'm out of town. It just this, the, the connection doesn't work. It's just not going to work as far as getting the film. I apologize for that. But we will be back at it next week. Ryan is chomping at the bit. He's like getting mad at me because we're not doing film breakdowns. Uh, but we'll get back at it next week, and we might throw a couple extra fun shows there for you next week to, to get caught up. So uh, make sure you check all that out. And have a great rest of your day. And thank you for so much for joining us on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.